Hello and welcome to episode 529 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva, and we are now in full-blown off-season mode, which means rumors, speculation, free agency news, players sending weird tweets, Instagram stories, and, and of course, coaching changes. Evan, how's it going today? It's going well. We've had a lot of coaching changes at both the head coach and the coordinator levels, and we're going to get to them all and their fantasy, their initial fantasy impact today. Yeah, I can't believe this is the most I can remember. And there's always a lot. This was 15. We're going to get to part one today, part two next time. Before we get into it here today, I have to remind everyone for my fellow DFS grinders, XFL start was actually awesome. Games were really good. Quarterback play was better than I expected. The games were fast. The replays were short. Um, the DraftKings contest filled and filled pretty big. And so I'm pretty optimistic and excited about XFL, we have been grinding projections, top plays, live show, depth charts, all that for the XFL. Check that out if you are interested. Also, best ball season never stops. Our friends at Underdog have already launched a big tournament for the 2023 fantasy football season. Million dollar tournament does include rookies. Our rankings for that format are up right now. You can upload them directly to underdogfantasy.com. If you do not have an underdog account yet, use promo code ETR when you sign up for a $100 matching sign-up bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. All right. I, I think coaching changes in a lot of sports don't matter too much. You know, like John Morant's going to be a very good NBA fantasy player no matter who is his coach. It's not going to be that crazy difference. However, coaching changes in the NFL, I think, have a pretty big impact. Certain coaches are better than others. At maximizing their own talent, certain coaches are better than others at scheming to who they're playing and therefore putting their players in a better position to win. Some coaches have tendencies to who they highlight or how much they highlight. And so I actually think it's important. As I mentioned, there have been 15 changes at either head coach or offensive coordinator this offseason. We're going to get to seven of them here today in part one, start going in alphabetical order. We'll get to the final eight in part two. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals and a guy that we've been really hard on and kind of um, thought that he was underperforming and doing his team a disservice. Cliff Kingsbury was fired by the Cardinals. He actually said, peace. He went to Thailand, the one way to get to Thailand. I actually respect the move. So be like, hey man, you're going to fire me with a lot of money left on my contract. I'm going to Thailand on a one-way ticket. I'm going to hang out for a while. Good riddance though. I, you know, I think in terms of putting his players in a position to succeed, there were a few coaches that were worse in the NFL. Arizona did something that I think I think is can be construed as a mistake. When you go defensive-minded head coach, you're reliant so much on today's NFL and your offensive coordinator. And if your team is good, if your offense is good, you're just going to lose that guy. Now, they go with a guy I actually don't know much about, Drew Petzing, Brown's quarterback coach last year. Evan, what's your take on everything that happened with Cliff and what the Cardinals decided to do at the coaching position? I mean, I think that we could kind of see, especially as Kyler Murray turned on him big time, we could see the the end nearing for Cliff Kingsbury. He had moments of success in, in Arizona, but I don't think that they were necessarily by his own doing. It was a lot of like, yo, hope, you know, I, you know, there, there was no like great strategy or, or schematic, schematic advantage that Cliff Kingsbury was providing with the Cardinals. Just kind of like, hey, Kyler, can you bail us out again? And, you know, that 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 runs out, especially as Kyler like gets injuries and, you know, he's not as as uh, dynamic as a runner. 
he becomes a lot less effective. And there was Cliff Kingsbury was pro- providing no solutions uh, when, when those kind of things occur. Drew Petzing, I think the easiest way to sum him up is just he's been Kevin Stefanski's boy for a long time in Minnesota and then in Cleveland. And um, Kevin Stefanski is a head coach that I respect for his his strategies and his in-game uh, and his, ga- his game planning uh, and his ability to make in-game adjustments. I know that the Browns are not coming off their best season, but Kevin Stefanski as an analytical mind, as a forward-thinking mind, as a progressive mind, has been impressive. And this has been his dude for a while now. You know, his, his sort of his right-hand man. Um, Jonathan Gannon is like a, a fresh face. And, you know, his defense – I know that the Eagles fans got frustrated with him at times. At the end of the day, like they almost broke the NFL sacks record this past season. Uh, he had a lot of talent in Philly, uh, and I think he kind of just let them do their thing defensively. But I agree with you. It's it's a little bit risky. Like, boom, if Drew Petskin j- jumps in here and has a lot of success immediately with, I mean, an, an Arizona offense in terms of skill level that has a lot of personnel, a lot of dynamic personnel, that Drew Petzik could go be, become a head coach mm-hmm. in 2024, and then the Cardinals are on the lookout again for an OC. Yeah, the connection here, by the way, is uh, Jonathan Gannon and Drew Petzing worked together in Minnesota. As I mentioned, uh, a lot of these guys have Minnesota connections from 2014 to 2017. Drew Petzing is only 35 years old, and that's a theme that we'll see as we move through here. A lot of these offensive coordinator hires are very, very young, like younger than Evan and I, which is actually uh, kind of scary. As Evan mentioned, Kyler Murray... Marquise Brown will certainly be there. We'll see what they do with DeAndre Hopkins. There's been some rumors around him. That's a story for another day. But yeah, interesting. I think change, not for just the sake of change. The Cardinals needed to make a change. And so I'm excited to see what they can do. Baltimore fired Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator and hired Todd Ebenfin Monken. For those guys who have been listening for a long time, Evan has had a full 3.9 for Todd Monken for a very, very long time. I mean, God, we're going to have to be going back five, six, seven years here. We've been talking about Todd Monken. There's a lot of questions right now around Lamar Jackson. I think we can leave that out of it for a second here and maybe just explain to the people, Evan, why you like Todd Monken so much and what you think about the move from Greg Roman to Todd Monken. Well, I like him because um, I think that he never kind of was included in like the cocoon when I was on my like cocoon kick and he was kind of always on the outside bubble of the cocoon and he was sort of never accepted into the cocoon but I don't think he ever wanted to be accepted into the cocoon um, because he's sort of an eccentric guy and he's also a guy who's willing to do a lot of different things I mean he's been part of you know pro style offense he goes to Oklahoma State and he's running a wide open offense really under Mike Gundy uh, that Brandon Whedon ends up becoming a first-round draft pick out of that offense. He goes to LSU. He coaches the passing game and the wide receivers there. He goes to Jacksonville. Guys like Matt Jones, Mike Sims-Walker uh, with Todd Monken as their wide receiver coach are having career years. He goes um, to Southern Miss after his Oklahoma his second Oklahoma State stint. He goes to Southern Miss. Southern Miss won like zero or one game in the previous season. And he had them in the in a bowl within two seasons with Nick Mullins uh, as his as his quarterback. He goes to Tampa Bay. You know that this is what a lot of people will remember him for: pro, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick putting up prolific statistics, but also Todd Monking adjusting his offense to suit the personnel. 
because that team had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard when he was still playing all right, you know, and they were prolific uh, in the passing game. Um, along the way, Todd Monken like learned about the air raid offense and the, the, the core concept of the air raid offense as opposed to the traditional pro style offense. In the traditional pro style offense, you want to get to third and manageable. Your goal on first and second down is to get like, you know, four or five yards, get to third and manageable, and then you can get a new set of downs. In the air raid offense, you're trying to maximize yardage on every single play, regardless of down and distance. Of course, you know, you have to make adjustments for down and distance late in the um, in the series. You, you have to make those necessary adjustments, but you're trying to maximize and, and you're throwing the ball vertically um, and you're willing to spread it out. And then he goes to Georgia. Well, he goes to the Browns and it was just an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have to give him a pass for that. Uh, but then he goes to Georgia and they win two national titles with Stetson Bennett, who's like going to be like a 27-year-old rookie. And Stetson Bennett, you know, um, he, he was uh, uh, really productive as a rusher at Georgia. And I think that that is something that could pert- potentially pertain to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. But, I mean, he just he's had a lot of success at almost every place that he's gone. Why has he not been accepted as like a, a like really a head, well, he almost got the head coach job and I think it was 2016, but the, the Jets gave it to Adam Gase. What an absolute abysmal error that was. But, I mean, he's just had so much success. And I think that the reason that he hasn't latched on in the NFL permanently is because he's a little bit eccentric. He's not, you know, that traditional cocoon hive mind. But now, now he's going to get a chance to show what he can do in Baltimore with a, a pretty talented offensive line and a head coach in John Harbaugh that – that is willing to, you know, embrace that eccentricity, I think. Yeah, my take on the Baltimore stuff is like, I I actually like Greg Roman as a coach. I think Greg Roman is is a sharp guy. It is really hard to have a successful passing offense in today's NFL with the weapons that the Ravens were putting out there. I mean, my God, they were talking about Devin DuVernay and, you know, Deshaun Jackson at age whatever. You know, it was really, really thin out there. And so I don't put it all on Greg Roman, but I'm obviously excited to see what Todd Monken can do on the Lamar front. We'll talk more about that when we get closer to free agency. Obviously, the Ravens aren't just going to let Lamar Jackson walk, but at this point, I don't know if they're going to get a long-term deal done either. So there's a lot of things going on in Baltimore right now. We'll see what happens there. Carolina. So they remember they fired Matt Rule early in the season. He's since become Nebraska's head coach. The new head coach in Carolina will be Old friend Frank Reich. Now, Frank Reich, I thought, was a big part of that Eagles Super Bowl run. I think he was pretty sharp and created a sharp scheme around two quarters, but it turned out to be pretty bad that year in Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Still go out there and win the Super Bowl. In Indy, it just didn't really go the way he wanted. He loses Andrew Luck. You know, they have the Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. It's just an absolute mess. Now he gets another chance in Carolina. He did hire Thomas Brown as his offensive coordinator. That's the former Rams assistant head coach. Uh, there's no word yet. I, I suspect Frank Reich will be the one mm-hmm. who call plays here in Carolina, but I don't know about that for sure. What do you think about Carolina going for Frank Reich and Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator? I really like it. Um, I, I've always really liked Frank Reich. I think he really did a great job in Indianapolis. Um, well, we know he did a great job in Philadelphia. And I think for the most part, he did a, a, an excellent job in Indianapolis given the hands that he was dealt, it's just, there was a falling out with ownership. Jim Ursay decided to become really hands-on started, you know, Jim Ursay was dictating who they were playing at quarterback 
on a weekly basis. And Frank Reich wanted no part of that. And it was, I think it was like mutual that they moved on. I think Frank Reich is an excellent coach. I think he can be a maximizer. I think that he can be, um, you know, excellent game plan coach. The, the staff that he has put together is really impressive. You mentioned Thomas Brown. James Campen is a very respected offensive line coach across the league. Sean Jefferson is a very respected uh, wide receivers coach. They hired Josh McCown, who I think is, you know, he was getting NFL head coaching interviews as recently as last offseason. You saw if you saw the show that he did with Josh North, Josh McCown is really, really smart. Mm -hmm. He's played in a, he played in a million different systems. I think he's going to be an NFL head coach someday, if not an offensive coordinator, at least. And then Deuce Staley, he got to come over and he's one of the most respected RBs coaches in the league as well. So um, they need a quarterback. OK, but they've got talent on defense. Um, you know, they they showed last year with Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard, you don't need superstars at the running back position to have a really good ground game. Um, you know, they've got DJ Moore. So I, I I really like this hire, and I love the staff that, that Frank Reich has put together. Yeah, Panthers absolutely need to address the quarterback position this offseason, likely through the draft. And I, I keep going back to the Panthers, and it's not hindsight 2020. I mean, everybody said at the time, they passed on Justin Fields at eight overall in favor of J.C. Horn, and I think that's going to haunt them a little bit here. But, yeah, we'll see what they can do at the quarterback position. Certainly, Frank Reich has a chance. Dallas decided to fire Kellen Moore, and this one's a little bit interesting because they did hire Brian Schottenheimer to be the offensive coordinator, but Brian Schottenheimer is with Dallas last season as an offensive consultant mm -hmm. anyways, and Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays here. So it's not like Brian Schottenheimer, I think, is going to have some huge, huge impact. Mike McCarthy, if you remember, Evan, when he was calling plays for the Packers, the Packers had some massive wide receiver one seasons. And it, I don't know if it's a M Mike McCarthy scheme thing. Maybe it was just a talent thing because they had Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Devontae Adams. But yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like Kellen Moore was like the golden boy. Everyone was excited about him and people turned on him really, really fast in Dallas. What do you think about the Cowboys getting rid of Kellen Moore? Didn't like it. I mean, I thought that Kellen Moore did a great job this past season. He's a, a, another coach that showed, and we'll talk about him uh, more in the, the second podcast, um, but I, because he landed on his feet with the Chargers, but I, I didn't like this. You know, the, the Cowboys, I think, are, are sort of irrationally committed to Mike McCarthy. You know, sometimes Jerry Jones just gets something in his mind and it just, it made all the sense in the world for him if he was going to move on from Kellen Moore, I don't know why he didn't just go after Sean Payton, um, you know, and just give Sean Payton like all the money, but mm -hmm. that didn't happen. I, I don't really, I think it's just TBD here. You know, Mike McCarthy kind of wore out his welcome in green Bay. Aaron Rodgers always glaring at the sidelines, you know, refusing to, to execute the plays that Mike McCarthy would, would call in. I, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I think it's TBD. Yeah. Agreed. Speaking of Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos went out and obviously predictably uh, one and done for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, one of the worst performances I can remember for Nathaniel Hackett as a first year head coach. But anyways, the Broncos go out and make a blockbuster trade. They trade for Sean Payton. If you guys remember Evan's former drinking buddy from the combine days, they go out and trade for Sean Payton. Broncos give up a 2023 round one pick. That's the later pick, the pick from San Francisco, 30th overall, a 2024 round two pick and a 2024 round three pick for the right to give Sean Payton a ton of money to coach this team. Sean Payton is 59 years old now. Remember, hasn't coached 
since 2021 when he left the Saints. I think both of us have all the respect in the world for Sean Payton schematically. The question, of course, is can he save Russell Wilson? And obviously, we'll talk about that a bunch because that's a big fantasy storyline throughout the offseason. Do you think Russell Wilson is donezo or can be saved by Sean Payton? But yeah, what do you think about the Broncos giving up the truck to get Sean Payton? Yeah, and the Broncos have a new ownership. Yeah, I, I was just looking because I hadn't seen Sean Payton's contract yet, and I just looked it up. Five years in the neighborhood of $18 million per year. I mean, this is a new ownership group, and you know they've kind of come out and said that they want to do whatever it takes to get the Broncos back to the mountaintop. That's a massive co- – that's got to be the biggest contract. Well, it's certainly one of the richest coaching contracts oh, yeah. in, in NFL history. I mean, that, that's a massive, massive number. He's making – more money than, than most players on the team, you know, at least. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to turn around Russell Wilson. It's Is it a money grab by Sean Payton? I, I, I'm i not sure that that's what that dude is, is all about. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he's certainly getting a lot of money. Yeah. My, my concern is that they I mentioned the picks they gave up for Sean Payton. Right. They also gave up three first-round picks and three second-round picks Wilson. now in total to get Russell Wilson. So now they get him a total of six top two round picks to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton it's hard to build a deep and competitive team when you've given up that many picks so that would be my concern but yeah I think from a scheme perspective obviously it's going to be way 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 better from a talent evaluation perspective it's going to be way 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 better than what the Broncos had and that's something we'll talk about this offseason because there's gonna be a lot of optimism around Broncos guys and the narrative is going to be oh they have Sean Payton now it's going to look nothing like it looked last year when it was a stone-cold disaster Mm -hmm. let's go to Houston they fired Lovey Smith after one year as head coach, although he was with the team for two years total. Hired D'Amico Ryans to be head coach. D'Amico Ryans is 38 years old. I remember watching D'Amico Ryans play. I mean, this dude was a beast for the oh, yeah. Texans, these Texans, early in his career as an off, as an outside linebacker. They also hire Bobby Slowick as their offensive coordinator. This dude is 35 years old. He's been with the 49ers as an offensive assistant. Did work with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. That's the connection there i don't know a ton about bobby slowick other than he's been with kyle shanahan for a while what do you think about what the texans have done yeah so i mean i think that it's just you know D'Amico ryan's is bringing his buddy along with him uh from san francisco i i'd heard bobby slowick's name as maybe like an up-and-comer but we haven't really seen him do it you know put anything into action yet so it's hard to say it's just they should there should be a united front in houston they need that. There's been a lot of dysfunction with that or within that organization for the past five, six years. And um, D'Amico Ryans was like clearly going to become an NFL head coach. And he brought Bobby Slowick along with him from San Francisco. I mean, this team has like no offensive talent. Like, right. I mean, they need players everywhere. They do have the number two overall pick, which certainly helps. But God, you're asking a lot to come in here and turn around quickly. I think what the Texans and what D'Amico Ryans deserves is a longer leash than what these other guys have had lately in Houston. It's going to take a while to get this team back to competitiveness. Indy, last one we're going to do here today. As we mentioned, they fired Frank Reich. Uh, they did not go with Jeff Saturday. They hired Shane Steichen away from the Eagles. And this is kind of what happens when you win the Super Bowl. You start to lose all your guys. We already mentioned Gannon is gone. Steichen is gone as well. Steichen is 37 years old. Yet another NFL head coach younger then Evan and I, he has gone with Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. Remember, Jim Bob Cooter was the Lions offensive coordinator from 2016 to 2018. Obviously, everyone thinks Shane Steichen did an incredible job with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. 
I don't know if that means it's definitely going to work in Indy, but he certainly was impressive in Philly. What do you think about what the Colts decided to do? Well, I think that they wound up hiring. They were, God, you remember there was like a, a big rumor that they were going to stick with Jeff Saturday. That was kind of the rumor for like two or three days. And it was yeah. just like, what? Um, but they essentially rehired, well, they hired a, a young Frank Reich. Now, Shane Steichen didn't play in the NFL like Frank Reich did. Okay, they're not the same guy. But Frank Reich, uh, well, Shane Steichen was on Frank Reich's staff with the Chargers. Well, it wasn't Frank Reich's staff, but Char- but Frank Reich was the OC for a couple of years. And Shane Steichen worked underneath him. Um, and then Shane Steichen follows the the, the Frank Reich path uh, to Philadelphia. He goes there. He and he calls plays. Um, and then and, and now he's the the head coach of the, the Colts. I mean, it's 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 a very Frank Reichian path. And obviously, Frank Reich. I mean, the Colts had success with Frank Reich. I mean, for the most part. Um, but we've seen the quarterbacks with whom Shane Steichen has worked over the past few seasons, and it was Philip Rivers, and it was. Uh, 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 Justin Herbert, and then it was Jalen Hurts, uh, guys with very diverse skill sets, and he had success with all of them. So I think that that's promising. Uh, he was calling the plays last year for Philadelphia, and I mean, I thought that their their play calling was tremendous. You know, as good as any teams in the league. And um, I, I thought it made uh, this team needs a quarterback. Yeah, but I think th- I think that it makes sense on paper what they did. They hired Jim Bob Cooter as OC. You know, Jim Bob Cooter has not – I mean, he wasn't very impressive in Detroit, you know, building the offense around Theo Riddick and, and a slot receiver in Golden Tate. And we can we can pick it, pick him apart. But Shane Steichen, I think, is going to call plays. Jim Bob Cooter is like a veteran presence on the staff. And, I mean, I, I think it makes sense from, from several standpoints. Yep. Like that one from the Colts for sure. We'll be back with part two next time when we'll talk about eight more head coach and offensive coordinator changes for Evan, for Bruce Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.